evening, everyone. How's everyone doing out there in, uh, in chat land tonight? Anything exciting? Any videos you've watched recently y'all want to talk about? <laughs> Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 291, live from my campsite on, uh, I think, the only vacation I've taken this year so far. Um, as always, I'm Jeff, as Allison so uh, appropriately points out. Thank you for the bunny ears, miss. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're a once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. Uh, this one's going to be pretty free and loose, if that wasn't already obvious. Um, basically, it's a it's a campfire Q and A, just like the the title says. Um, for those new to the program, this is definitely a little bit different than I normally do, but uh, figured I'd have some fun since. We're in the environment. Uh, the campsite does have Wi-Fi, but I figure when in Rome, pack your own. And so we've got Starlink out of our trailer here. And it's been doing pretty good so far. So, uh, anyway, yeah, vacation. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, gosh, where do I even start? To, to be fair, I am on vacation through Tuesday. Might even take Wednesday off, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael says, uh, five Aussie bucks, the butt hurt was excellent. <laughs> I don't know if it, that to me wasn't really a butt hurt video. Um, it was more, I will fully admit, the title was way more clickbait than I normally do. Uh, I like to meme the, the, the titles and, and thumbnails whenever I can. That one was kind of fun, the technically correct. And the meme in that is the best kind of correct. Um, but more and more, especially with the surge in performance levels of graphics cards, and again, I, I referenced uh, you know Pascal being like the golden era of of graphics cards that we all want NVIDIA to go back to. Give us our entry level at 140, our mid-tier at 3 and 400, and then our top tier at 600, Titans excluded. Well, now the entry level's at, you know, 299, uh, with the exception of, you know, unless you want to buy an RTX 3050 or something like that at 200 bucks. But uh, now the top end goes all the way to 1600 and even $2,000 for, for high-end... Um, you know, high-end builds yet, uh, or high-end graphics cards with, you know, giant cooling solutions and things like that. So I feel the standardized review process totally still makes sense. Uh, it, it's still something that does a fantastic, it does exactly what it sets out to do. It gives you a comprehensive top-to-bottom transgenerational list of performance metrics that you can expect out of cards. Uh, and uh, there's really no better way to do that. However, from a buyer's guide perspective, especially on more extreme budgets, it does a really poor job of telling you what performance you'll actually expect if you go out and buy that card and put it into a PC of a similar budget. Um, so, it, 
it really is two, two sides of the same coin, but the problem is there's nothing but nuance on that second side. Uh, it's, it's a lot more of uh, subjectively measuring user experience rather than objectively putting out this card is 8% faster than this other card by, you know, spend your money here. So that was what that video was trying to say. And I've made references to it a couple times that that's always been in the back of my head on this show, but I've never gone out and made a, a dedicated video on it. Uh, uh, but your review didn't tell me what performance I'd expect from my PCIe 3.0 system either. Au contraire. One thing I didn't even mention because there was so much data packed into that video, uh, go look up the PCI Express capability of a 5600G. That card was running on an 8X lane on a PCI Express 3.0. But them comments though, oh man. Let's let's get into those comments, should we? <laughs> Shall we? Uh, before we get into the comments, I need to open my beer. Uh, so tonight, uh, we're having a Fort George Beach Eagle uh, Mexican style lager, 4.7%. Uh, Beach Eagle, it's the, it's the seagull. <laughs> so, very appropriate as they have been uh, flying around everywhere this afternoon. Um, yeah, so let's get, uh, let's get things moving here. Haven't talked about Red Hat yet. I'm sure I will. Uh, I kind of wanted to open the show with, uh, some more generalized questions, but I, I do have some thoughts on, on Red Hat. Um, I've actually been talking a little bit with Jeff Gearling uh, on, on DMs, on, on stuff like that. Uh, so I'm sure we'll get into some Red Hat talk. Howdy, Skull. Glad to see you here. I apologize. Skull says, I apologize for the all-nighter and reshoots. I didn't have to shoot this one, but uh, that was the first all-nighter I think I've pulled since uh, since I went full-time. Like, I've done a couple all-nighters before on, on release reviews, but I've been pretty good at, you know, even on days that I do work long, I've been pretty good about turning off my lights at like 10 o'clock and going, all right, I'm just going to go to bed and we'll catch this one in the morning. But uh, I got those drivers with 36 hours to go until the drop-dead date for, uh, for partner cards, uh, which was uh, Thursday. To be fair, I actually had the video filmed prior to the embargo date. Uh, the embargo was 9 a.m. I had my video done by 7 a.m. Uh, I just had no energy left to edit it. <laughs> so... Uh, Jeff made his book free for anyone interested in Ansible. Yes, I did hear that. Mm. And I told you this stream was going to be chill. I mean, my <coughs> I'm choking on my dinner on this stream, so. Uh, it's summer and you're wearing a, a hoodie, or as he calls it, a sloppy joe. Um, I'm on the Oregon coast, which is... Uh, we love the Oregon coast because kind of like San Francisco, it's like 60 degrees year round. The problem is like San Francisco, it's about 60 degrees year round. However, since it's also the coast, we get anywhere from zero wind to like 50 mile an hour gusts. Uh, we had one that came through earlier today and tossed my dog kennel across the street. So that was fun. Um, 
So yeah, it's not really that it's it's cold. When the wind isn't blowing, it's it's actually very comfortable out. I'm I'm still in shorts and flip-flops, but uh, the wind does get a little bitey here at times. And again, it's carrying that sea breeze air when it comes by. Uh, I'm not cold now. This is in preparation for, you know, when I'm still on the stream in an hour and a half and I am cold. But got a roasted hot dog and some fresh uh, fried up potatoes and let's do this thing. Uh... Uh, am I using the OBS AI camera? You bet I am. Uh, let's, uh, let's prove that I am, shall we? Let's go ahead and turn off the tracking. And let's go... Not even looking at my feed right now. There we go. Sorry, I was looking at the YouTube camera, not the, the live feed. So here we go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the gimbal's all on there. We've got a pretty nice sight here. I love this little corner lot that we're on, um, but uh, now i got to find myself again. Hold on. There we go. Tracking. Hey, found me again. All right. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Uh, so true about the Oregon coast. Yeah, it's... it's uh, we did get a little bit of rain, which is, even for, for the Oregon coast, kind of unusual in, in late June, early July. Um, but, uh, yeah. No, this camera's been excellent. Uh, my whole streaming setup right now is my, uh, just like I used in San Jose, I've got my GPD WinMax 2. Um, I've got the OBS bot up on a little, little tripod, half light stand, half tripod thing. Uh, my laptop is on a couple of storage tubs, <laughs> and that's really all I needed. So, uh, let's start off with some general, general questions. Um, so, whatever questions you have, uh, go for it. Uh, I do have some, I think, queued up uh, on a couple of other platforms. Uh, so let me go ahead and jump into... Mastodon first. I think we'll ask that one first. I asked these a couple days ago. If I did a Q&A stream, what do you want to know? Let's see. If I had a choice, what would your ideal sleeper PC build be from non-standard parts, uh, old firewall appliances, etc.? Um, that's a good question. Uh, there's a lot that you can do with old firewall appliances. Um, a really sneaky one right now they're not used yet, but a really sneaky platform to keep your eye on is going to be the Intel N100. Let me take a bite here. Mm. It's really difficult to talk with hot dog in your mouth. Anyway, the Intel N100, I believe it's the Jasper Lake series. Basically, it is the efficiency cores from Alder Lake put onto an embedded platform, a la the Celeron or the Pentiums, what they've become. The thing is, the efficiency cores of Alder Lake are really flipping good. Uh, so for a 6-watt TDP, you're essentially getting a quad-core i5-7600 level performance in six watts. 
Okay, I'll I'll toss one on here here in a sec. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that platform is still brand new. It it just came out maybe six months ago. Um, I've been looking for trying to find kind of the right box to to maybe do something like that with. I'd I'd love to find a little one U box that I could slap a uh, you know uh, RTX A two thousand in uh, in a little one U enclosure and uh, you know turn it into this dynamite little gaming PC. Uh, yeah, can you uh, can you imagine an i5 7600 and you know, uh, gosh, what is the A2000 1070 level performance in a little one U package that draws a hundred watts of power at peak? That's a good little sleeper. Uh. <laughs> Uh, the NVIDIA fanboy is angry. YouTube commenters are going to geolocate you uh, at this rate. Uh, yeah, they probably will. The nice thing is I'm not on my home Wi-Fi, so they're welcome to try and DDoS me at this point. Um... <laughs> uh, Alessandro wants to know, Spock and Data are both not human, and that is used several times to give them extra strength or resilience. My question is, who would win in a Ponfar-related fight? And what is a three? And what if it's a three-way with Zoidberg? <laughs> uh, Ponfar fight. Um, the Vulcans are great and resilient, and while. If anyone's watched the first episode of season two of Strange New Worlds, there's a great scene with the Doctor and uh, uh, and uh, Nurse Chaplin, uh, where uh, or no, it was the Doctor and uh, uh, oh gosh, Helmsman, Helms Lady. Um, drawing a blank. Anyway, um, and uh, she's getting all ticked off at at Spock and one of the the Vulcans uh, going going back and forth. And uh, they made a really great point that although Vul Vulcans hide their emotions, they, they do have tells and they also use, use that in both logic-based and combative experiences as an advantage. Um, so even though I, I respect the heck out of, you know, Spock and, and that what, Data could break Spock in half with his little finger. So what, no matter what level of Vulcan rage he's got going on. And remember, Spock is still half human. Uh, so I got to give the nod to Data in that case. Um, uh, if it was a three-way fight involving Zoidberg, I think Spock dies almost instantaneously. Uh whether Data grabs onto one end and, and Zoidberg clips the other. Who would win in, in the Spock versus Zoidberg? I think I still got to give the nod to, to Data. But it's a lot closer fight.
Zoidberg's combat tactics are highly two-dimensional, though. Well, yeah, he's got a scuttle to get at you. That's the whole, whole idea of it. No, episode two and Ortega. Ortegas. Yes. Erica. There we go. I knew we'd figure it out. Good job, chap. My camera's still on me. Sorry, I'm on, I'm on one tiny little window right now. There we go. Yeah, worse of it. Okay. Oh. Let's see. I'm going to move that window over there and that window over there. There we go. Okay, that's better. Uh, I should probably bring up Twitter. I asked the same question on Twitter. Let's see what we got. Uh, of course, I'm not logged in. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's find where I asked that question. So Twitter says, uh, Vince wanted to know if he needed to take back his beer to the store for a refund since there's no, uh, no after party. This was in relation to canceling Wednesday's show. No, and I saw what you had to drink anyway. So you, you're, you're all fine there. All right. Uh, if I'm going camp, Jared wants to know if I'm going camping, don't forget some of the important things to bring with you. Bug spray, keep away the mosquitoes, toilet paper, itch cream, da-da-da-da-da, and beer. That's all taken care of, no worries. Uh, let's see. All right. Not a lot over on, on the Twitters. Video drops is most likely because of Starlink. That is definitely the case. Uh, yeah, remember, I, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. You're lucky I have power. And in fact, this whole stream is on battery, so. Uh, beer first. Let's see. Uh, do I want to test an i7-6950X for the lulls? Absolutely. Uh, it's actually a CPU I've never gotten hands on. I've, I've uh, had a 5920K or 5820K for a while. Had a, uh, did have a 6800X at one point. Um, and no, it was the, it was the, uh, 7950X that I, I had an opportunity to buy and uh, didn't, the the Intel, or no, the 7980XE, there we go, sorry, numbers, uh, that I had the opportunity to buy and uh, didn't. So, yeah, no, I'd love to test a, a 6950X. Um, you know, high-end Haswell is uh, not something I got my hands on very often outside of the server realm. So I'd, I'd love to see what 
what was that, 12 cores could do uh, with, with some actual uh, gigahertz behind them. There's no dignified way to eat a hot dog. <laughs> Uh, who's that? Uh, Carmen Ben says, I think the major factor that has changed versus previous generations is the entire last generation and part of the generation prior is still being sold brand new. And that has definitely muddied the waters when it comes to part of the, part of my, my, uh, stance on that. Although, the reason we still have a lot of cards isn't necessarily because NVIDIA and AMD are still manufacturing them. It's that they're just still available. They, they still have stock on hand, and now they're fire-selling them off. And they've kind of become their own worst enemy because if you're going to price a 6700 XT at, you know, $265 or even $300, yeah, it's going to blow the doors off of the... 7600 XT, or the RX 7600 and the, the 4060 both. Um, my problem typically with fire sales is when the initial review for a video card drops, unless there's something massive that changes the performance, um, it's rare that an outlet will go and re-explore that card top to bottom in the whole slew of tests. Um, Hardware and Box does this from time to time, and, and I, I really like that. They will, uh, you know, maybe six months after a video card release, they will go out and they'll go, we're going to run a 40-game test on, on this graphics card. Um, and, uh, you know, now that drivers have matured or the architecture has matured or whatever the case may be. But outside of them, there's not a lot of outlets that really do that. Uh, and credit to them because it's a hell of a lot of work. And so, yeah. Uh, just chilling, waiting for the for the WAN show to start. I know. Like, come on, Linus. I'm on. I'm on Starlink in the middle of nowhere, and I still started on time. <laughs> What's your excuse? Uh, hot dogs have a dignity all their own. That is true. Let's see. Uh... <laughs> I got lost thinking about Star Trek. I do that all the time. Speaking of, uh, Lower Deck starts up again in August, I think. So that should be fun. Um, I haven't watched episode three of Strange New Worlds yet. Very much looking forward to that. I uh, think we might do that tomorrow afternoon. I think I might might get uh, get caught up here. Uh, uh, the Steve should be a title in the PC universe. Yeah, no, I, I I think the Steve is one of the ultimate titles in in PC hardware universe. <laughs> so hardware says I just replaced my 5800X with a 6950X because quad channel RGB RAM looks cool. LMAO, am I an idiot? Um, 
So you replaced uh, a Ryzen 5800X with a 6950X. Um, okay, now here's where... No, you are talking the 6950X. You are talking Haswell. I was thinking... Again, AMD's party trick as of late has been to reuse, as of late, last six years, has been to reuse part names from uh, from Intel and NVIDIA. Um, see, Brian says, uh, thanks for bringing a different spin on the IT world. A lot of my favorite computer channels have been sort of doing the same thing mistakenly lately, and you keep bringing a breath of fresh air. I always try. Um, you know, and it's it's not that I don't, have a lot of the same ideas as them or and and again speaking back to like the methodology of testing uh with graphics cards you know i i strive when i try to do comparisons you know if, if i'm truly doing a a five gpu comparison my methodology is exactly the same it, it is eliminate the bottlenecks it is eliminate your your cpu your memory your storage bottlenecks and go for all out performance um and uh and and give a clear winner however i think we and this could all just be down to to nomenclature this could be down to what are we calling specific things um a review can mean a hundred different terms a review of a specific graphics card could be the architecture the underpinnings of of did NVIDIA make the right decisions as far as the number of CUDA cores and the amount of RAM and the memory bus and, and the PCI Express interface and, and whatnot? Uh, it could be overall performance comparatively to every other graphics card. And, and that's a whole other nomenclature and, and difference of wording in and of itself. When I say compare to every other graphics card top to bottom in the stack, you're comparing against the RTX 4090. If you can if you benchmark every single graphics card on the same bench and then you display a graph that goes from 4090 down to GTX 1050, you're comparing every graphics card to the current flagship. Whether or not you mentioned it in the video, whether or not it, that is, you're still comparing on a flat plane. And, and again, for overall comparison comparisons in performance for overall uh where does this graphics card fit in multi-generationally product stack versus product stack um it is the method to go and i have no problems with that method and i i i very much tried to make sure i came across that way in the video i will say the title was a bit clickbaity but no one was going to watch a video saying i tested my rtx 4060 differently um, sometimes you have to play the game. So. Mm -hmm. Ah, uh, all right, there we go. But that's not the point of the, uh, uh, 
Sorry, Andrew said something higher up. I didn't catch that, but that's not the point of the stream. LOL, how's the food? The food is excellent. Uh, I I don't go camping because I don't like sleeping in hotels or you know like fancy meals or anything like that. I do go camping because I love campfire food. <laughs> so we've got some half-baked, half-fried potatoes in here. Um, Nothing real crazy, just a little salt and pepper on them. I mean, there might be a little garlic in there too. Uh, just a little butter and cheese sprinkled on top. It is fantastic. And then Costco hot dogs on hoagie rolls. Um, Yanos wants to know, speaking of NVIDIA, most YouTubers think TensTorrent, AMD, and others can compete with NVIDIA. TensTorrent being the... Uh, um, graphics developer out of China that is, uh, they put out, what is it, the uh, the A80, the X80 or something like that. Um, Linus took a, a look at that graphics card. I actually had the opportunity to buy one not long ago and uh, very much thought about it. Uh, it. It is kind of in my wheelhouse, but unfortunately I couldn't get one at the the $300 price point that they should be. I, uh, the only listings that I was finding that would ship to the U.S. were like 800 bucks and I don't have I don't have eight hundred dollar money for every video. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, maybe maybe in hardware, maybe not in hardware, but software Nvidia is sorry maybe in hardware, but software Nvidia is miles ahead. Thoughts? I think the conversation of drivers is so overblown. I've thought that for a long time. Um, and the more complex graphics cards get, the more difficult it's going to be to create drivers. And this has been, uh, you know, an exponential curve since the inception of 3D rendering back in, you know, the Windows 95, 98 days, is uh, how do you program for specific APIs? How do you make sure that graphics can generally speak the same language and rasterize a game that is, you know, um, do I think NVIDIA is light years better in software than AMD, Intel, Tenstorrent? Tenstorrent, sure. AMD, the gap is not as big as people make it out to be. Intel, this is Intel's first graphics card. Of course their drivers aren't mature, but if you look at the, at the difference that Intel has been making in the last six months on driver maturity, um, even starting to integrate natively uh, DXVK, uh, in uh, support in some way, sorry, car alarm going off here, um, uh, to get better DirectX 7, 8, 9, 10 support and, and performance so you can play more retro games. Um, they've been doing a phenomenal job. And if anything, I, I wouldn't count Intel out of, of the software conversation because I think Intel has way better software developers than, than NVIDIA does. So Anyway, I'm going to toss another log on the fire. Uh, yes. Ugh. Oh, lost me. 
There it is. Come on. Come find me. There we go. <laughs> oh, that camera is so cool. <laughs> uh, all right. Tenstorrent is the AI hardware company. Yeah, I think I'm getting them confused with the... Uh, now, I thought Tenstorrent was doing the release the graphics card. I could be wrong on that, but I thought Tenstorrent did the uh, the first first Eastern DirectX 12 compatible graphics card. Um, Intel loves Apple branding too. Look at how they poorly copied the Ultra Max naming schemes and uh, and dropping the dearest generation numbers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Any thoughts on making another step-by-step -step Windows guide? Um, the last one that I did for Windows 11 is still pretty much up to date. Um, as far as deployment, my deployment video, everything in that video is still 100% applicable unless you're doing, um, gosh, what is the new, there was uh, WDS for, <laughs> One second, guys. <laughs> What's the matter, bud? Hey. <laughs> yeah, I think you're okay. <laughs> I think it was a part of the show we didn't like. <laughs> oh, baby gets cranky when he gets tired. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, Proxmox 8 video in the near future. Absolutely. Um, uh, haven't had a chance to really sit down and spend some time with it, but definitely soon. Uh, 1080 Ti versus 4060. Um, let me see. I can tell you the TI has 11 gigs of RAM instead of uh, 8 gigs of RAM, so that's a benefit if you want to game at Ultra, but can the 1080 TI still game at Ultra today? <laughs> oh, I'm talking. Hi. Hi, Bit. <laughs> not, not when we're on the show. Because on the show, you're Bit, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like being in the video with you. You're on the video right now, did you see? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where'd you go? Why did it stop tracking me? Huh? There we go. <laughs> there we go. Can I see in your lap? There you go. Nope. <laughs> Why? Because I'm doing a show right now. Hey, do you want to pretend that we're in a restaurant? Nope. Because I've already got my food. <laughs> did you have fun playing? Yeah, you Good. want to pretend that we're in a bakery? Not right now. <laughs> well, what are we going to do for the show? Uh, I'm talking to people on the show. Hey. And we're already going. Really? So, why don't you go play? I want to join with you. Nope. Why? Not today. Because. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Um, here's the deal with getting a used card as old as the 1080 Ti. I know the 1080 Ti is still a great card. I, I've got a couple Titan X Pascals that I, I still use today. Um, fantastic card. Probably will still play every game at very reasonable, if not very high settings, uh, especially at 1080p. Um, the thing continues to be a 1080p beast. Um, if you're looking at buying a used 1080 Ti, there's a couple things to keep in mind. Number one, uh, I think it was last month, happy seventh birthday to Pascal GPUs. They were released in May of 2016. If you're buying a 1080 Ti, you're buying somewhere between a five and a six year old, probably a six year old graphics card. Um, I know that I know it has some prestige. I know it's a good card still. There's also something to be said for getting a RTX 4060, which has DLSS, FSR support, a warranty, um, not as much memory, but still technically a faster memory bus with GDDR6 instead of GDDR5. Um, uh, modern driver support, future driver support, uh, and if it's a 1080 Ti, maybe it hasn't been sitting on someone's mining rack for the last five years or in someone's high-end gaming rig for the last six. Uh, you're starting to get into a level of diminishing returns as far as longevity of your investment versus being able to play games. Not only that, but just power draw. Uh, the RTX 4060, it's a 110-watt card versus I think the 1080 Ti is 250-260 if you, if you remove the power limiter on it. I, I think it's 235 out of the box. Um, it's a beast. It, it uses at least double the power. So, yeah, that's a hard one. It's, a, it, it's hard to recommend someone go buy a 1080 Ti instead of an RTX 4060 when performance is going to be pretty negligible, plus you get DLSS and FSR benefits on the newer card. Uh, let's see. Craft Computing, it made me click. Others were a broken record. And uh, no one's giving me credit for saying every single reviewer is going to come to the same conclusion. This is a waste of silicon. The problem is, outside of fire sale GPUs, there's nothing else in the $300 market. So, and I left this comment on YouTube a couple of times to, to people who were saying that. Well, it's not, it gets beat by the 3060 in a couple of titles. Okay, cool. Uh, it, it, you know, it's not faster than the 3060 Ti. Cool. What does that matter if you have a $300 budget for a graphics card and you're in the store at Micro Center and you need a graphics card today? You're building a PC, these are your options. Yeah, the 3060 is still, still for sale. Will it be next month? That's a great question. Uh, sorry, so should have said compete in AI. Uh, if you don't think Intel can compete in AI, you're not paying attention. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. 
steak over a campfire is fantastic. I love steak on a campfire. I think we're, I, actually, I think we're doing steak tomorrow night. So yes, it is fantastic. Uh, 3D rendering started in Windows 95, Windows 98. 3DFX begs to render. Actually, creative begs to render, or beg, begs to differ. 3DFX. <laughs> creative had the first one. Oh, and creative still exists. Just not in graphics cards. Uh, Manatronks really liked your take on the 4060. Personally, I don't like the GPU value, but thought it was a good video. And, and again, value is one thing, but I'm, I, I like car references because a lot of people understand car references. Is the Nissan Versa a good value compared to an Altima? No, it's an entry-level car. You're going to get an Econo box with a 1.8-liter engine, uh, a CVT transmission, tiny little tires, no cargo room, no leg room, uh, and your fit and finish is going to be awful. Um, versus if you get an Altima, you're getting what you could consider to be a daily driver on a 15-year vehicle, um, you know, with, with proper maintenance. Uh, you don't see a lot of verses on the road anymore. You see a lot of Altimas from 2005. Uh, and there's a reason for that. Same with, you know, you don't see a lot of Toyota Echoes on the road. You see a crap ton of Corollas and Camrys from that age, though. Uh, there, there's a certain point in which it doesn't matter if it's a good value, it's what's available for that price point. And again, to my point of if we can't put a number of it on a graph, then we can't give an opinion of it. I think that's crap too. Uh, and and if I was a review, if I was Gamers Nexus or Hardware Unboxed, that's the point that I'd be offended by, is that I'm telling them they don't have, you know, the chutzpah to, to have an opinion and and that's not backed up by, by data. But sometimes, a $300 card is just gonna be a $300 card. It's not gonna be the greatest thing in the world but there's still a market for it and there's still buyers for it. And those buyers probably want to know, how's it going to perform in a gaming system if I put it together? Is it the card I would choose at $300? Depends if I want to buy used or if there's fire sale cards available in my area or on Amazon still. Again, nuance. It, it's kind of a lost art in reviews. Not everything has to be objective and arbitrary data. You, you can still have opinions. Let's see. Uh, Vince says 3DFX launched in 1995, so yes, LOL, haha. <laughs> uh, nice camera tracking, yeah. What camera is this? Tracking is nice. Uh, this is the previous video that I did. This is the OBS bot or OBSBOT uh, Tiny 2. It's a 4K gimbal tracked AI webcam with all the processing done on the camera. It's freaking incredible. It's a little expensive. It's not a great value at $329, uh, but there's not a lot of cameras at $329 that can do this either, so. Uh, who needs a cameraman when you've got that camera? Exactly. 
I, I swear, uh, there's going to be times I'm going to use this camera simply because I'm doing something that I need to walk around and do. Is it going to be, you know, 4K? Like my current, my current main camera is a Sony a7 IV with, uh, that we record in 4K30 on uh, via an Atomos Ninja 5. And uh, we record in ProRes 422. Is this going to look as good? No, but sometimes getting the shot is better than not. And what's the best camera? The camera that you have with you and the camera that you use. This is a pretty good camera at 330 bucks. Uh, has anyone ever used Mikrotik Wi-Fi gear? Uh, I've deployed it a couple of times. Um, I think it works fine. Um, it's it's not quite as easy to set up as um, the the TP Link Omadas or or Unifies or or anything like that. You know any of the um, simplistic enterprise products. Uh, there's a little bit more involved. There's a full controller that you have to install, and it, it Mikrotik is in the Wi-Fi realm is more akin to your um, uh, Gosh, your Cisco or Ruckus or something like that, where it, it's a little bit more management intensive, but uh, still very usable and, and very good quality radios. I, I will give them that. So I'm going to lower the bitrate by just a hair here, because I think we're on the edge of... We should be back now. Should be back. Hold on. There we go. All right, we're back. Cool. Uh, so ironically enough, that was actually OBS having some problems there. Um, so damn you, Starlink! Yeah, that was that was a little bit of a Starlink issue. Um, I, I saw my frame rate starting to dip a little bit and saw a couple more dropped frames, so I figured I'd drop a couple meg, or about, about a megabit out of my, my upload. Um, it is, uh, it's struggling to maintain about four right now, which is actually kind of rare. I've, I've never really had an issue with Starlink, uh, Okay, I've been streaming for a couple of seconds now. Hopefully we're we're back up. Hopefully we're going. All right. Hey, there we are. Cool. We're back. We're back. It seems to be a little bit more stable this time. So, hopefully. Hopefully we're good. Uh, uh, how's it going? We're back. That's how it's going. The campground has almost as much smoke as a 4090 at full power. Um, actually, the 
air is beautiful here right now. Like I know uh, a lot of the Midwest, your your Chicago's, your New York's, you're uh, uh, getting blanketed in smoke right now. And trust me, as an Oregonian, I'm very empathetic to that. But no, it's it's gorgeous here right now. Uh, perfect blue sky, maybe a five ten mile an hour wind at times. Um, but of course, it's the Oregon coast, so it swirls. So a uh, little unpredictable, but there we go. All right. Uh, Karen, good day from the land down under. Good day. I don't know if I can officially say that if you haven't paid your $5 redues. I mean, Australians don't get a comment for free. <laughs> uh, what are my current PC specs? Uh, uh, actually, I did a video on this not long ago, but uh, um, my main my main PC right now is uh, I call it Plaid because uh, holy crap, it'd be fast. Um, it's got thirteen nine hundred K, sixty four gigs DDR four, still DDR four, uh, thirty six hundred. Um, I've got an RTX thirty ninety. I've got two two terabyte uh, Sabrent Rocket Q Gen four NVMe's in it. Uh, so the the 7.5 gigabit per sec or gigabyte per second NVMe's, those things are blazing fast. Um, and uh, just recently put that 100 gig NIC into it, so I've got 100 gig direct to my NAS, which has been incredible. Uh, and for those who want an update on that, there is one coming. Uh, should I have invested in 100 gig networking? Probably not, but it's a lot of fun to say that I have the lights that'll do it. But uh, I, I get even to my NVMe RAID array, uh, my NVMe ZFS array, uh, it, uh, it tops out at about 25 gigabit. Um, I'm, I'm sure with a little bit of tuning and whatnot, I could get that up. But uh, 25 gigabit or, you know, 2.5 gigabytes per second if you're, you're writing to the server, that's a pretty good rate. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Michael sends over five five Kanga bucks just for me. Thank you. I, I will accept those. All that, and he's too busy to actually game on the thing. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, I, I will sit down and play on it from time to time. Um, uh, but, uh, gosh, what have I been playing lately? Uh, did a lot of Breath of the Wild, um, or not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, played that for a while. Um, I've been trying to go through my back catalog and play a lot of, uh, roguelikes, uh, that, that kind of passed me by, that I, I either bought or didn't buy, and so I've been trying to focus on not just, like, what's been in my library the oldest that I haven't played, because, God, that catalog goes back to 2008, but... I went, let's let's take a look at a segment, and I've been really digging roguelikes lately. So uh, I went through, was jamming on Noida for a while, then I did uh, Streets of Rogue, a uh, little bit of Rogue Legacy 2, uh, and per my sister's recommendation, I finally picked up Hades, uh, and I think I have about 27 or 28 hours into Hades in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> so it's it's been pretty good. Uh, Wan Show just went live on Twitch. What's the problem? Come on. I, I've been live for an hour. Minus about two minutes of, of downtime. 
Uh, do I like turtles? I love turtles. In fact, I have a tortoise. Her name is Jelly, and she's amazing. Uh, we have a uh, four- or five-year-old red-footed tortoise. Um, and uh, she's the coolest thing. Uh, if you've never seen a tortoise get excited, it's the most adorable thing ever. Uh, because they are not, they're not graceful creatures at all. <laughs> they are uh, uh, very much the lumbering, uh, very methodical, but, but lumbering, clumsy uh, creatures. But when they want to try to move fast, um, it gets really comical really quick. <laughs> People still watch LTT content? Yeah, like 15 million of them. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen his subscriber count. I don't know if you've seen the number of views that Linus gets. You're not cool for hating on someone for making content or hating on someone for watching something you don't like or don't agree with or don't appreciate. Don't watch it. Move on. No need to be a dick about it. Uh, Wan Show is probably the only thing I watch on LTT. I like the Wan Show. Uh, I, I like the Wan Show. I, I still... Uh, uh, I, I think LTT is the only of their affiliate channels that I I do subscribe to and watch regularly. Sometimes Short Circuit will pop up on there and they've got something interesting there, an unboxing of a product that I wanted to check out. Um, but uh, you're not better than someone else for, for knocking on content that they like. Get over that. I hate that kind of attitude. Uh, let's see... Jeff caught my attention first. That's what Linus gets for being habitually late. Ha <laughs> ha! I got one. All right. Uh, I only have 2,000 games to catch up on. Yeah, I, I think my unplayed library is about 600. So I've been, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to work through it. But the problem is I add like 10 new games a month and only have time to play one. And the one is from the back catalog. So, you know, it stacks on you. Uh, Steven says, hey Kraft, just found your channel, watch your latest video on how GPUs are wrong. Thank you for making that video, I really hope it was worth your time to make more in the future. Um, uh, I don't know what will come of this, uh, I, uh, but uh, Steve from Hardware Unboxed. Uh, I've, I've had a couple of conversations with him in the past over, over some various things. Um, uh, some people on his channel were yelling at him that I did something better or, or did something already, or maybe you should check out Kraft's video. And so he and I, you know, just DM'd each other, just chatted, you know, we're acquaintances. Um, but uh, I've talked to him a couple times, real awesome dude, as, as best I can tell. Uh, he watched my whole video and, and commented, and, and I think there's a couple points that I didn't do a great job at, at uh, bringing across correctly. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he goes, you know, you review your way, I'll review mine. And the thing is, I didn't, the, the video title craps on the don't use standardized benchmark. But if you go back and watch the video, I have the script if anyone wants the, the unedited script. Uh, I never say it's a bad idea. I never say it's a bad methodology. I didn't say stop using standardized test benches. I just said, maybe we could glean more with more information outside of standardized test benches. That was the whole point of the video. Anyway, uh, Steve watched it, uh, and he and I commented back and forth just a couple of times. And yes, uh, it's for you if you would like some. 
Okay. Blue Gatorade. Um, and uh, anyway, I said, I think we both have a lot more to say that can't be done in YouTube comments. You mind if I DM you and let's set up a video meeting? Let's, let's chat. Like, let's, you know, number one, I want to get to know him. Um, like, I've watched his channel forever, for, for God's sakes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. But no, thank you, Stephen. I, I appreciate that. Uh, hey, miss, can you help, uh, help Bit open her Gatorade? Okay. And Bit, you can have half of that, okay? I don't want you to drink more than half. Okay? Okay. Uh, game linked caught my attention. I've been, I've been looking for a, a good, uh, gaming news channel that's, that's less bro-y bro, uh, and more, um, either game review focused or, look, I know esports have their place. I'm, I'm not a huge competitive esports viewer, uh, you know, it's, it's just not my jam. My problem is that's where so much of the media, as far as gaming has gone, is, you know, you won't believe the latest Modern Warfare 2 controversy. And it's like, I don't care about that crap. I want to know about the game. Uh, and so, curious to see what they do with it. Um, Dad, you see that I didn't have Okay, perfect. Wait, can I be with you? You can say hi again. Hi. Hi. My name is Bumpet. I know you little bit. <laughs> Bump it. Bump it. <laughs> And what's the rule about bumps? Yeah, you always have to explode it. It doesn't count if you don't explode it. That's right. And bump <laughs> it twice bumps. Oh, twice bumps? Okay, last one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, playing Shadow of the Shadow of Mordor at the moment. Okay, I'm on my show. Thank you. No. <laughs> Go. Go give Ruby some pets. I think Ruby wants some pets. Bet. Come on. Tech YouTube collabs. Let's go. Um, yeah. At the moment, I. I mean, I'll. I'll pick his brain. Um, I'd. I'd love to see. Uh, you know, maybe we can you know, do a collab video and, and, you know, talk both sides of the issue. Um, because, like, like I said, I think there's a lot to explore there, and I think there's a lot of, okay, okay, that, that's enough. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot in that area to explore. And, uh, and, and I'd love to have Steve on board for, like I said, a, a deeper conversation on, you know, I, I don't know that standardized non-bottleneck benchmarks tell the whole story and while they're a great comparative guide across generations they make a terrible buyer's guide because if i'm a gamer and i want to set an 800 hundred dollar budget and i watch a standardized test bench video and i look at the rtx 4060 and it goes oh it can only play this game at you know 48 fps well crap how much do i have to spend to to be able to play at 144 because my monitor does 144 i want to do 144 and it's like oh god i've got to buy a 4070 ti to get 144 fps well gosh that's 
however, if you build in a system that matches the budget and you tweak your settings a little bit, and, and I know this is a lot more work. I, I know this is, you know, something that's, that's kind of out of left field um, and, and whatnot. But I don't think there's any reason in the world that any card that, that is on the market today, I've never believed that something should never exist. Like, there, again, referencing the auto market, there's an ask for every seat. There's a reason every single car exists, whether it's a good value or a good SUV or a good vehicle or not. Um, you know, I uh, made a comment about, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, trading in my truck and getting a Jeep Gladiator and, and, and whatnot because uh, my truck's got a pretty good trade-in value right now. And does anyone have experience with that? And a lot of people chimed in and went, yeah, they're great vehicles. The 3.6 is, is an amazing uh, motor. Um, you know, it certainly gets better gas than my truck does and, and actually has more power in a V6 than, than my current Hemi V8. And, and I'm going, yeah, sounds like a good deal. And then a couple of people chimed in and went, man, they have nothing but electrical problems. I don't know why anyone buys one of those. And I'm like, really? Because I see a thousand of them every day. People are buying them despite the fact that you might have an electrical problem. I see AMD cards all the time, despite the fact that their drivers suck. I see NVIDIA cards all the time, despite the fact that, you know, they take more power than God to run. I, I see there's a reason hardware exists. And just because it doesn't have an objective good number at the end doesn't mean there's not a buyer for it. And if you can demonstrate that, you know what, your RTX 4060, it can run this game at 144 FPS, but these are the concessions that it's going to have to make to get there. You're getting into an esoteric of buyer's guide versus game optimization. And uh, again, Hardware and Box used to do game optimization guides. They don't do it anymore because, holy crap, it's a crap ton of work. Um, but I feel those guides give a better picture of what you can expect performance-wise in budget PCs than a standardized test bench that says this card shouldn't exist. It can only get 40... 40 FPS in the latest game. When it can do a lot better than that if you didn't set it at max settings. So, again, there's there's a lot to unpack with all of that. And uh, like I said, I think Steve and I are going to have a conversation. And if it ends up being content, that's excellent. If it just ends up being a, a, a better understanding or, you know, maybe I convince him of a couple things and he convinces me of a couple things. And, and uh, that's that's good for both of us as well. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to something like that. Um, 4070 Ti versus a secondhand 3090. I love the 3090. Um, but I will say the 4070 Ti, a lot more power efficient, and but also only has half the memory. Uh, not that you're going to need 24 gigs of memory, but... Um, that was one of my main buying decisions with buying the RTX 3090 is, uh, I needed memory for editing ProRes. I, I needed all the video memory I could throw at it because that's my video editing workflow. And guess how many cards have more than 16 gigabytes of VRAM? <laughs> or at least at the time. Uh, so my choices were either a 6900 XT, which I bought first because it was the better value card at, <coughs> uh, prices, um, height of the crypto boom. And uh, then it ended up being absolute crap with Adobe. Uh, and so I ended up biting the bullet and buying an RTX 3090 at the height of the crypto boom for like $2,600.
And then I had a whole fiasco about the eBay seller not wanting to sell it because he didn't realize that they took a 12% commission uh, for the sale. And he goes, can we do this out, out of it? And I said, no. And, and then I accused him of holding my card hostage. And he goes, I'm not holding it hostage. I'm just saying I don't want to pay that commission fee. And I said, well, number one, you listed the card. Number two, the definition of a hostage situation is you have all the power. And right now you have my money and the card. So you've got to give one of them up. <laughs> Show me a sign of good faith here. Um, 4070 Ti, probably the better buy, because I don't think 12 gigs of VRAM is going to be a, a bottleneck anytime soon. Um, and even if it is, it's probably a better DLSS card than anything else either. So, um, let's see... Yeah, Digital Foundry does optimized uh, settings sometimes. It's nice. Again, it's a lot of work because you got to go game by game. And sometimes you have to learn doing benchmark runs. Let, let, let's, let's go back. Um, I, I follow a, a very meticulous way that I do benchmarks. Um, uh, just like a lot of outlets, I will do three identical runs per card per setting, per resolution. Um, so I did seven games uh, at one resolution, and some of the games had DLSS slash FSR. Um, those seven games, it doesn't sound like a lot of work, right? Well, seven games times three runs times probably between three and five minutes per run. Let's say five minutes because you've got to get out of the run, reload your save file, get back into the game, get back to the location that you need to do, hit capture, go through that whole thing. It's about five minutes minimum per run times three per, per setting, right? Um, those seven games, just on five minutes per run is 360 minutes or six hours of benchmark time for seven games for one resolution to do two cards. Um, I have done benchmark marathons that have been 20 and 30 hours uh, because I'm doing, you know, five graphics cards at two resolutions and, and 10 games. And uh, it adds up very quick. And if you want to do game optimization guides, it's even more intensive on a per game level because some games have a, a whole multitude of settings. And, like, let's just go through different anti-aliasing techniques. You've got, you know... FXAA, TAA, MAA, MSAA, uh, and then you have different levels of, of X2, X4, X8, X16 for, for some of those. Uh, sometimes you can have different variations of anti-aliasing turned on at the same time, so you can do FXAA with, with TAA times 2 or something like that. As, if you're doing a game optimization guide, you have to go through every individual level and test every last setting independently of everything else. You do a three-minute benchmark run, and then you change TAA to X4, and then you do another run, and then you change TAA to X8, and then you do another run. And you have to come up with the performance differential for each individual setting. And if you're doing it right, you're doing three runs per test. So there's a reason people don't do game optimization, guys. It's because it's an absolute pain in the ass. Um, I've thought about getting into it, but I've thought about a lot of things, <laughs> so. 
DLSS and FSR are cool, but the benchmarks are not really directly comparable to the runs without them on. But, and I agree with that, and I brought that up in the video, that you there's no way to measure the direct performance impact of DLSS or FSR. Um, because every game implements it a little bit differently. Uh, some games uh, have multiple sliders for performance, so you can do, uh, like Cyberpunk, for FSR's implementation, they have quality, balanced performance, and max performance. They have four different slider levels for FSR. Um, and they do the same thing for DLSS. And what that slider is, is a frame rate target. And so they don't explicitly state it, but I believe it's uh, something like, you know, 40, 60, 90, 144 um, for, your, for your frame rate slider. And what FSR will do is dynamically adjust um, resolution. It'll, it'll sub-render, which means it'll, it'll render the game at a lower resolution and then upscale. Uh, DLSS 3 will do frame injection, uh, which is like predicting what the next frame will be before the next frame is generated. And so it'll, in, it'll inject a subframe. Uh, in between the two actual frames that it does, and that's why people are upset about. It. Well, it's not actually. Gen Look, if it puts an image on the screen, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it a frame. Okay. Um, you can disagree with me, and you can also turn off DLSS if you if you do. Um, but at the end of the day, if the artifacting as a gamer doesn't bother you very much, and I've never been one to. Um, the only artifacts that ever really bug me are extreme aliasing and moir effects. And I haven't seen moir effects in games forever. Uh, that is the, the shimmering textures of, of vertical lines. Uh, usually you see it in trees and shadows and, and things like that. Um, still pops up from time to time. Uh, but as RTX is, is getting more and more utilized, you're seeing it less and less because it's, it's an effect of... Uh, usually of, of lighting elements and uh, uh, two-dimensional textures, uh, not merging well. Um, so, yeah, those are the only real artifacts in games that ever bug me, that and, like, super low-resolution textures. Uh, a little shimmering here and there, it's fine. At least I'm not running at 40 FPS. Now I'm running at 90 FPS, and so my game feels more fluid and more enjoyable, if that's the, the feeling that I'm going for. Gaming as a whole is more subjective than targeting frame rates. It, some people, the game is stretching for, for top performance and going, well, I can play, you know, you know, the cyberpunk with everything turned up to max at 180 FPS. Well, that's cool. Um... I can turn RTX to low, turn textures to high, and set FSR at, at ultra-fast, and guess what? I can play it at 140 FPS, too. Is it as amazing and mind-blowing looking as yours is? No, but I'm playing a damn game at the end of the day. And to some people, the, the real performance absolute matters. And to some people, I just want to play a game. Like, this is supposed to be an enjoyable pastime. And I feel sometimes... Certain personalities get lost in that, that striving for perfection and not just sit back and start playing things. So that's another perspective on it. Um, I'll happily play at lower settings if it's playable. Uh, yeah. I was a gamer who couldn't afford 1080p uh, 
for the longest time. Um, and, uh, um, you know, would often uh, set my render resolution at, you know, 1600 by 900. So I could still have 16 by 9 ratios. Uh, and it looked better than 720p. Um, and definitely fuzzy. But, you know, you, you get a 20% performance uplift over native 1080p. So... We still talk about Crisis all these years later because to some, getting it to run max, maxed out is the game. Yeah, it totally is. And, and if that's where you find the enjoyment, then cool. Uh, you should get a job as a benchmarker uh, or, or as an extreme overclocker. You know, join that community. But for some, for some people, it's about playing the game. And for some people, and, and this is where my whole perspective on this video came up, if I have $800 and I want to play a game and I watch a Gamer's Nexus video and it goes, this card is a waste of sand. It should have never been been pressed in, into silicon in the first place. And uh, I'm going to walk to Walmart and buy a Series X because I just want to play a game. And, and you know, the PC community should be one that's, that's welcoming people and, and a little bit more open. So should the Linux community. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, there's so much gatekeeping in, in certain aspects of things that it gets frustrating at times. And um, I got accused the other day of, uh, of being someone who didn't understand budgeted gamers because, you know, oh, I've got a water-cooled 3090 in my PC at home, so how could I possibly understand your plight? Um, do you know why I'm so good at, at, or why I know about use Xeons and, and everything else? It's not, it's not because of all the years I spent in Enterprise. It was because of all the years that I spent building PCs for myself and for other people that were, you know, dime on dollar best, best performing and could, you know, play modern titles. Um, you know, doing more with less. I, I made a career out of that for a long time. Uh, it's how I got through high school. It's, it's what, what got me through quite a few months when I, I lost a job back in 2006 was building and repairing computers. And, you know, how do you get the best bang for the buck? You know, I've got $200. I need a PC. Well, you're not going to go to Walmart and get anything besides an e-machine. Tell you what, let me, uh, let me scrounge some parts together and I'll, I'll, that's, that's my bread and butter. I, I'm, I'm new to the 3090 guy. So, don't think I'm not rooted. Um, let's see. I don't get the judgment people have towards other people's computers. Why? If my computer does what I want at a price I want, why would I change? My game works and I'm happy. Let me be happy. Yeah, and... I think part of the, the context that got lost in that video, too, was the roles that we can have as reviewers um, when it relates to why am I producing this video. Um, cool, I'm going to do a review on the RTX 4060, or heck, let's go back to the last time this kind of crap hit the fan with me, um, the GTX 1650. 
Um, I reviewed the GTX 1650, um, and uh, I released the video at the uh, at the embargo hour at, at the same time that everyone else did, and uh, I called it the new budget king. But I was very careful in the wording, and I was very careful in the recommendation that I had for that. Uh, because this was a card that was following in the footsteps of the, you know, the GTX 1050 and 1050 Ti, uh, which were $130 and $140 MSRP. Sometimes the Ti would go for, you know, $170. Um, but uh, this card at $149 was a 60% uplift over the 1050 Ti. And at $150, it was a baller little card. Um, the problem was that AMD was in the midst of a fire sale on the RX 570. And so you could pick up an RX 570 for $120. A previous generation card, which I will also note, a lot of reviewers said should have never existed because it's a far worse value than the RX 580 was. So why is AMD bothering to produce this card? Suddenly it's the darling 1080p of, 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 the, of the community, and the 1650 should never exist. It's a waste of sand. And I was the only one to give the 1650 a positive review, but I also did it under the context of don't spend more than $150 on this card, because at 179 it's creeping awfully close to some other cards or even the next step at like a 1660. Uh, and the 1660 was legit almost twice as fast as the 1650 was. Um, so if you're going to get up into the 200 to 10 range, 230 bucks buys you a 1660. That's your buy. But at 150, value proposition was very high. Except for that pesky RX 570. And a lot of the context from this last video came from that video, where the review cycle went, the RX 570 shouldn't exist, and AMD is just pumping out another product that doesn't make any sense in their product stack, and we don't understand why it's here, and just spend the extra 30 or $40 and get an RX 580 and call it a day. Well, an extra 30 or $40 is 20% of the purchase price of an RX 580. It wasn't you know, nickels and dimes, it, you know, 20% more. Um, and there's only so many leaps when you're building a PC on a certain budget that you can make a 20% increase in your budget. Um, so there was a lot of disdain for the 570 when it came out. All of a sudden the 1650 comes out and prices were creeping high because of uh, add and board partners uh, and the thing that eventually made EVGA leave the market with uh, you know NVIDIA keeping all the profit for themselves and making the, the AIBs fight within a certain profit margin and things like that. Um, but this card's now being called a waste of sand, and by the 570, it, it's far and away a way better deal than you could possibly get from a 1650. Then the 570's dried up because of the crypto market. And all of a sudden, every budget build from every major publication was saying, man, if you can find a 1650 at $170, it's a killer deal because the 1660s don't exist right now. You, you can't upgrade to one if you wanted. And even if you could find one, they're going for 180 bucks. But man, that 1650, solid card. But every review you ever read about the 1650 or saw on YouTube 
said it should have never existed. A lot of parallels with the uh, 4060. Uh, my biggest issue with the 1650 is the lack of encode decode. Um, no, the 1650 had NVENC. It just was the only Turing card to not receive the new NVENC, which was the more efficient version. Um, your T400 does have the new NVENC, um, but it's not like the old NVENC was garbage. It was just the older tech that that Paxwell, or Pascal and Maxwell were using. Uh, it was the one concession on the 1650 that kind of kept it cheap. Uh, so. Uh, Knox says, I've had a Zotac 1650 low profile humming away on my Plex server for years. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that video, today's video, and it's not even necessarily frustration with review processes or anything like that. Like I said, the, the way to review and get an overall generational overarching view of graphics cards is to do standardized benchmarking. And it's a fantastic tool, but it's just that. It's one tool that we as a reviewer have to give accurate data. And I feel relying on only that tool and then trying to come up with extremist viewpoints of this card shouldn't exist, it feels a bit jaded and it feels a bit, it feels a bit like the guy who has 103090s on his shelf and can't understand a budget gamer, does it? So, and again, I say that from a, from a perspective of someone who has a massive amount of respect for the, the work that goes into hardware reviews and, and the work it comes to build up uh, to those opinions, but yeah, <laughs> if if that makes sense. Sixteen fifty super is the TU one sixteen with the Turing encoder. Yeah, when they came out with the sixteen fifty super, it did have the upgraded encoder. It's just the sixteen fifty standard, the four gig model. Uh, that did not have the Turing encoder. It had the actually the Maxwell generation encoder because uh, Parsec or Parsec Pascal used the same encoder as the uh, as the previous Gen two. Yeah, you can't say something is junk, and then two months later recommend it in the build guide as the only part that fits this budget. You just proved yourself wrong. You can't say a card is a waste of silicon and then go, oh, six months later because of the crypto crash, suddenly the RX 570 is the only card that can game at 1080p that you could buy. And this new card that Nvidia just put out, I'm gonna call that one a waste of silicon. Uh, you know, it, it's just the cycle that went back and forth and back and forth of, and we're kind of doing the same thing today. They called every single touring card that came out garbage. They called every single Ampere card, with the exception of the 3090 and the 3070, garbage values. Um, but 
they also called them garbage values because you couldn't buy them in MSRP. You know, whoever actually got a 3070 for $499, the price that it should have been. No, a 3070 was $800 and up. I paid $1,000 for a 3070 because I needed one for a project. And so, you know, rose-colored glasses are everything. And, uh, and really frustrating to, to see... Uh, you know, to look back and look back at some of those reviews. And then when the next generation of card comes out, you know, here comes the Ada Loveless cards and, and they're going, man, you know, the 4090 is great. And the 4070 Ti, man, that, that does fit really nicely into that, that $800 price point. But uh, man, if it were me, I would have bought the cards from last series that six months ago I called absolute an absolute waste of space. You know, those are the cards that are, that are the real deals right now. And you can call that bad pricing. You can also just call it the life we live right now. Everything's more expensive. Maybe we need to adjust our expectations. So. Uh, I think I'll take some more questions. I've got, got time for a couple more. I've got another beer that I can crack open here. Uh, but I think I'm gonna start wrapping this thing up. Uh, I've been on for almost 90 minutes and I mean, Linus was two hours late and then uh, he's only gonna stream for what, 70 minutes? Like, come on, I've already beat you and I was on time. See you at LTX. Uh, finally cooling down, getting a, a nice uh, nice sunset. Perfect time for a brew. Perfect time for another brew. Uh, we've got from Hopworks Urban Brewery, or Hub, as we know them here in, uh, in the Portland area. Uh, this is the Ace of Spades Imperial IPA. Uh, by the way, if you ever fly through PDX, Hopworks has one of the best tap houses in PDX in the airport um, uh, with some amazing food to boot. Um, they keep some of the rare beers on tap there, uh, as well as some of their standards, but you can usually get, um, like, gosh, we were, a, we flew to San Jose this last month and, uh, we had a, was it a 10 a.m. flight? I think it was a 10 a.m. flight. Uh, so we got to the airport eight o'clock, uh, got through security by eight 30 and, uh, we sat down, had a beer and a chorizo and, uh, uh, Hopworks is the place that I stop at PDX LAN every single time. Did he go live? I can't find the show. I guess he's live on Twitch. Um, I, I don't know if there's a YouTube issue or, or what, but yeah, I guess he's live on Twitch right now. Uh, where do you live for your 2070 to be worth $1,500? What's that in response to? Oh, Canadian. Okay. Ah. Uh. But yeah, uh, for those who haven't been watching since the beginning, obviously I'm camping right now. Uh, we're live via Starlink. I've got a slowly smoldering campfire that I'm probably going to stoke up as soon as I get off the show here. But this is one of my my favorite spots to come. It's kind of half resort half half campground so there there's almost no cell service but uh 
the campsites do have you know power and water full hookup and everything else and in fact uh, uh, the site we're in right now even has cable TV if you wanted to bring a cable TV there's a coax jack coming out of the ground hooked to the water spigot um, uh, they do have Wi-Fi here but it's it's pretty pretty craptacular like uh, because there's so many people here and it's outdoor you have so many so many places or so much space between access points um, you know you can check your email and things like that but uh, I figured why not bring the Starlink dish out and so this is my first time really traveling a wide area with the Starlink dish uh, we're well over 100 miles away uh, from where we uh, I, my home base is but uh, it's a beautiful area I, I love this place uh, let's see Okay. Uh, your review made sense. You wouldn't do a car review on a Pontiac Firefly uh, using the tires you used to test the supercar, then complain that the $2,500 Firefly doesn't handle as well on $6,000 tires. Right. Um, I, you know, sticking with the automotive analogy, because there's so many things that you can make uh, with the automotive market. Um, you know, and, and I, I like going to the automotive market to make these comparisons because everyone knows cars. Everyone's had to buy a car. Everyone's had to budget for a car, has had a car break and suddenly need a new car. Like there's, there's a lot of parallels with, with PC industry, especially the, the DIY and the enthusiast communities. Um, when's the last time you saw a car review? for a car less than $100,000, excluding uh, the C8, that included a top speed test. Car reviews are, are as subjective as they come. Yes, there's your raw performance numbers, but rarely do automotive journalists go out and test those raw performance numbers themselves. They will take the zero to 60 time that the manufacturer claimed, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Jaguar claims the, the new F-Type has a 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds. And it makes all the noises. And, you know, you get your Jeremy Clarkson yell on and, and stuff like that. Um, but his review isn't about the numbers. It's not about, you know, we tested the, the pressure of each cylinder and the water temp at max idle and, and, and all this other stuff. And top speed on a banked oval, you know, or Autobahn or, or you know, anything like that. It's it's a hundred percent subjective. It it corners well. It feels good. The interior quality is nice. The 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 sun visors are a little funky and one of them kept breaking loose during our testing and uh, I don't like the placement of the speakers and you know the door squeaked and the panel alignment was off but look at this I've got enough room for three golf bags and two bodies in my trunk and it's a hundred percent subjective um, and no one questions when someone says I like this car better than another um, outside of the you know, why would you ever buy a, a Dodge? They all have electrical issues. Why would you ever buy a, you know, Chevy? Don't the transmissions break after so often? You know, why would you ever buy a Ford? Ford doesn't know how to tighten head bolts worth a damn. Um, you know, there, there's so many of those types of things, but no one ever 
questions someone who goes, you know, I had a Ford Focus and I loved it. <laughs> no one ever does because it's just a, a subjective thing. And gaming and gaming journalism should learn to be a little bit more subjective. I'm in, the, I'm in the small majority. I don't think Vista was that bad, especially with after Service Pack 1. Vista was definitely serviceable as of Service Pack 1. Um, this will date me. Uh, when I was on my honeymoon 17 years ago, uh, the laptop I took with me had the, uh, the Longhorn Beta on it. I, I was bench testing that for uh for a couple of clients and uh getting ready to do some imaging and learning the the next system and whatnot because we were still imaging systems with norton ghost and bart pe and and acronis and things like that and uh so how does vista work what are the ins and outs of it is the control panel any different or what's drivers going to look like will my printer work and so even while I was on my honeymoon, I, my daily carry laptop was running the beta of Vista. Uh, just need a car to go 60 miles an hour, GPU, get 60 FPS, and you're good. But the thing is, people in my video who looked at my benchmark data from today, um, they, they said... The performance just isn't there. The, the RTX 4060 doesn't perform as well as it should. And again, I feel like it's the goalpost for performance expectations have moved because when the, when the 1060 came out, it could play just about everything at ultra settings at 1080p at 60 FPS. And you know, reasonable low, sometimes down to the 20s, some, some games down to the teens for some of the more demanding things. But um, before I wrote this video, I actually looked back and went back and looked at some of the 1060 day one reviews to go, am I crazy here uh, in, in my expectation that, you know, maybe we're asking too much of, of modern graphics cards. Maybe our expectations clouded maybe by the 3090 and 4090 are causing us to judge the budget cards a little more harsher because there is a wider gap between budget and enthusiast now. Um, the market has evolved and, and, I'm sorry, but the companies have shown that the market is willing to bear $1,600 graphics cards. Yeah, there's going to be a bigger disparity between the haves and haves nots. We're still benchmarking everything the same, though. And that's really what I meant by, you know, we're, we're testing the 4090 against the 4060. You're using the same tests. You're at different resolutions, but you're using the exact same testing methodology and the same hardware to test these cards, no one's going to spend $3,000 on a desktop and then drop a 4060 into it. How do you feel about AMD releasing the 5600X3D? I'm definitely for it. Now, I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at the full specs of it. I don't know if it's a single CCD or, or dual, um, but uh, anytime you can get a more affordable chip that has better single-threaded performance on on a budget platform um like man had that been available two weeks ago i would have done my benchmark video with that instead of 5600g so 
yeah, you want to talk about eliminating CPU bottlenecks, like, yeah, I know, I know, you know, Zen 5 and, and Raptor Lake are faster than the 5600G that I put in, but the 5600G is no slouch in saying, you know, we need to eliminate CPU bottlenecks, especially at the budget end cards to get the max performance. Tell me a, 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 a game that's going to be CPU limited by a 5600G. Like, there's not a lot of them. As soon as I'm done here, maybe about 10 or so minutes. Yes, again, about 10 minutes. Okay. I'm wrapping things up. Okay. 5600X3D or 5800X3Ds with defects. Uh, I don't mind that. I, I don't mind, you know, I'm assuming it's six core 12 thread, um, single CCD. Um, Obviously, we'd like it to be a dual CCD, you know, get that, that, that infinity fabric moving and, and rolling and a and little bit more memory bandwidth. But at the same time, there is no such thing as 5600X3D with dual CCD and, and all that, that extra goodness. So, uh, let's see. Talk about budget builds with a Chinese i9-11900H, the good old Erian combo, and a P4 via vGPU. That's where it's at. Very nice. No, that's a, gosh, you're on a sub 250 for your, uh, your card and motherboard combo with frickin' Tiger Lake and near 1070 level performance for Pascal. And, oh, by the way, on a, on a power envelope, that's 140 watts, maybe at max. <laughs> like, heck yes. That's a heck of a combo. Uh, do you think it's the last outing for, for the AM4 platform? I guarantee it is. Um, a lot of people were dubious when they when AMD said, we're going to support the AM, AM4 platform for five years. Now, while you couldn't necessarily upgrade a an X370 motherboard all the way up to a 5950X3, you know, 5950X3D or something like that, um, AMD made good on their promise for the most part. Um, and uh, if you buy a B450 motherboard, which you can get for like sometimes as low as like 60, 70 bucks, you know, brand new, maybe 90 to 120, you can run any CPU from the AM4 platform for the entire five year run. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Mizrik says Bart PE. That takes me back. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for that <laughs> that reference. Uh, cool, cool. Um, all right. Well, I think I'm going to call it a night. Uh, so I think we're going to get the fire rolling. We're going to get s'mores going because, uh, so you can see the kiddos are getting a little anxious for, for some of that, uh, marshmallowy goodness. Anyway, um, thank you so much. Uh, hope, hope I answered some questions here. Uh, I think we're going to, uh, like I said, uh, I've got kind of a, uh, tentative invite from from Steve at uh, at game uh, at hardware and box to kind of continue this conversation of our standardized benchmarks telling the whole story and and like I said I, I don't think 
they necessarily are. I don't think they're giving budget gamers the information they might need to make a purchase decision. Or if they have a card, what performance can they get out of it? And I think it's a great conversation to have. I, 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 and, you know, like it or not, if you, if you put everything on a graph, you're comparing everything on that graph. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe it's time for a, a little bit different way to benchmark performance. Or, again, maybe reintroduce some nuance into the world of reviews. I think that'd be great. Anyway, thank you so much for watching episode 291 here on Craft Computing. This has been Talking Heads. Join me every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Uh, next time, back from the comfort of my office, although Chill Jeff definitely has its advantages. I'm not going to... I'm not going to lie, this has uh, been a pretty comfortable way to do a stream, even off of a 10-inch screen and, uh, and a, my little, uh, little $300 non-value-friendly webcam. Uh, anyway, this has been a lot of fun. Hope you all enjoyed the video. Hope, uh, hope you all got the information you needed out of it. And like I said, I hope it starts a conversation that uh, might be a little bit more... Oh, Joey. Uh, yeah, Joey chimes in. I, I completely forgot about this. Phil didn't deserve the outrage on, on Jay's 4060 Ti review. Um, uh, same as me. Perspective. Jay panicked. Um, I did down... I didn't catch it when it launched, but someone reposted it, and I did. I was able to catch Phil's review from, uh, uh, from the 4060 Ti. I, I don't think Phil did a bad job. In fact, I, I agreed with him on, on a lot of points. You know, if unless you live in the enthusiast world all the time, sometimes it is just about playing the game. And is the 6700 XT a better card and a better value today? Yes, absolutely. If I go, if I go to the store and I see a 6700 XT on the shelf and I've got $300 burning a hole in my pocket, that's the card I buy over the 4060 and over the 7600. But to most gamers who aren't necessarily living in that enthusiast world and aren't measuring, you know, frame times and sub-millisecond accuracy and, and doing benchmarking and, and doing comparative runs, if you go out and spend $300 on a graphics card, it's going to play the games. And they all have one advantage or another. Uh, I mean, just, just buy the 3060 and... Uh, 3060 is a 180-watt card versus 110-watt on the 4060. Uh, and I know some people kind of touch on that, but that's a big difference if you're building a small form factor PC or maybe electricity is not cheap in your, in your region. Or maybe you don't want that much heat to be expelled in your room because I'm sorry, one watt of, of performance equals one watt of heat. Do you want 500 watts cooking you or would you rather have a 200-watt space heater in your office? Um, so... While I don't think the 4060 Ti from Phil had all of the technical acumen that comes with a full, you know, multi-GPU benchmark and whatnot, like, it also wasn't a bad perspective, and, and I don't think it was bad of him to recommend it. But if you stoke that enthusiast community, and, and that's the, the market that you, that you preach to, um, you're going to develop some haters. And sometimes they'll come back and bite you. So, 
Anyway, craft computing, did I hear you? Are you here? I don't have any audio. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I think the reaction for Phil's video was overblown. I think the reaction to my original 1650 review video was overblown, especially when everyone started recommending it six months later as the budget darling because no other card existed. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of overblown and butthurt people about this video as well. But at the end of the day, all I wanted was to start that conversation about maybe we're not serving the budget gamers as well as we could. Anyway, thank you all for watching. As always, glad to go back to an MX440 than the 40 series. Oh, don't get me started on the MX440. Ugh. I had an MX440 in a Dell uh, Pentium 4 small form factor PC that was one of like the folding chassis. Uh, so it would open like a butterfly. So like the chassis would stand upright and then it would open like this. And it was a, uh, it was a small form factor card too. Um, in an AGP slot that, that was a gaming PC for me for a while. <coughs> anyway, stop getting me distracted. I'm leaving. You all have a fun weekend, an enjoyable holiday. If you live here in the States, uh, and as always, we'll see you when I decide to go home. Cheers, everyone.